Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. And you're very welcome along to Extra Time here on Tip FM. Paul Carroll stepping in for Ronan Quirk on this Monday, the 19th of February 2024. So plenty to look forward to on this night's show. We're going to be looking ahead to all of, uh, looking back on all of the weekend's action. We had plenty of action across uh, the Premier County and further afield as well. Um, but we're going to be starting with Tipperary versus London in the National Football League. This game, of course, taking place yesterday in Roy Slip, finished up Tipperary 11 points, London 1-8. We're going to hear from manager Paul Kelly in just a few moments time we're also going to be looking back on Nina CBS's win in the Crow Cup the Munster uh, Munster Minor Camogie Champions are Tipperary this year after the weekend we're going to be hearing about that from Jordan Canan looking back on the weekend's ladies football rugby action uh, as well as local soccer and athletics as well so a really really busy show lined up for you over the next hour and before we get started just a reminder the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month nominations for the month of February are now open so you can send your nominations to sportsstar at tipfm.com and that is, of course, in association with the Talbot Hotel. And all winners will, of course, be receiving uh, a, an award from John Quirk Jewelers. And last Thursday night, we had our uh, yearly uh, award ceremony. And the uh, the 2023 winner was Dara Lynch, the Clonmel Roar. And it was a great night down in the Talbot Hotel last Thursday. So fair play to uh, Dara Lynch. And we wish all the winners the very best luck uh, going forward in 2024. So as I said, we will be starting with Tipperary versus London this evening. I was over there yesterday and it was a frustrating result for Tipperary. 11 points to 1 8, the final t- final score. But after the full time whistle, I spoke to Tipperary manager Paul Kelly. Fantastic effort in that last 20 uh, odd minutes. Um, guys showed a lot of positive stuff, but again, um, a couple of errors in that first half, and then maybe just a bit of indecisiveness in the second half. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. You can say we didn't get the rub of the green, maybe too, in terms of some of the judgments, but it is what it is. But look, we uh, we go away with a point, and we try and build on that, and um, again get back to training and uh, think about what we can do better. Yeah, there's, and then do it better. Yeah, there was a few frustrating ones, as you said. Uh, that Jack Rogers uh, over Karen seemed a bit harsh from from our viewpoint here, leading to their level and score. And there seems to be some complaints of a possible foot block at, down the other end. So there's a few things like that, and the kind of pace of the play of the game probably frustrated Tipperary at times throughout, throughout the game. Yeah, look, it's if buts and maybe's. Um, the hard reality is that uh, we probably cost ourselves that there today. Um, but yes, as I said to you, some of the judgments maybe a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, and. Um, the first half he had the breeze going in at half time before half time it was six points to two and then they got one one and quick succession <clears> goes in at half time you probably knew at half time you, you would have liked more of a lead considering the breeze was, was fairly strong out there yeah look we, we started a little bit slowly gained momentum built up a decent lead and um, through fairly basic error got caught again uh, with that and uh, you know, so we went in in the place where we, 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 you know, a few minutes earlier we would have been a lot happier. Yeah. Outside of it. So. And what was the, the kind of mission? Because at half time, came out on the field, played for two minutes, and then there was that long stoppage. Yeah. So it was nearly a, another chance to have a word with the lads, but it was a very kind of stop starty kind of game at times as well. It was, yeah. Look, uh, physical contact and the impact in it and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, 
uh, we made a few changes the, the guys um, as I say it's a heavy pitch yeah. made a few changes the guys that came on livened it up again another little bit and um, we had a lot of positive momentum there um, and those last couple of minutes you would have thought there would be only one team that would win it but mm. um, as I say maybe a couple of calls went against us yeah. and as well when we went into the lead uh, towards the end um, Jack Kendy of, of Clamwell Commercials in particular was getting onto the ball a lot and was showing good leadership then when we were point up about five minutes to go there was a lot of kind of keep ball going on and around the middle of the field was that kind of what you would have liked the team to have done at that stage um, they weren't really willing to take the risk let's say at that point of the game and then the, there was that un, unforced turnover that kind of led to the point but do you know what I'm trying to say there was not a lot of going yeah. forward at, towards the end you know what I mean there's 15 behind the ball mm. you're trying to you know look for the incisive uh, gap in the pitch um, it isn't the place where you're just going to punt it in and hope for the best um, so look yeah there's a little bit more speed a little bit more incisiveness you might like to see but uh, generally like you know um, I don't think that's why we lost yeah. true so to say you know Paddy Creedon um, was he an injury concern? yeah look um, Paddy had a bit of a bit of a strain and, and um, that pitch is a heavy pitch and we just felt uh, to freshen it up from yeah. that point of view and just uh, the other injury Stephen um, how long would you be without him? He missed today with the, the hamstring issue. Yeah, look, we just have to judge these things week by week. And um, at this moment in time, um, and and uh, like I say, it's very attritional, uh, game on game, game on week. Um, so just to judge where lads are and and um, try and ma- maintain momentum, but try and create sustainability for chaps as well coming back in, like you know. Yeah, and just the, the last couple is uh, Jack Leamy and Peter McGarry were on the the panel here today. Yeah. Would have come from the hurling. Um, just big, big additions to the panel, I suppose. Yeah, good guys. Um, you know, Jack had been in with us uh, previously, and, and uh, when, he, when when he was available, uh, we talked to him and Peter, and, and uh, they, they, they've uh, put themselves into the group over the last couple of weeks, and they will see how they build come forward. Like, you know. And Leash next Sunday, they had a big win yesterday, kind of yeah. top of the table. So it's going to be a tough, tough test next next Sunday. I mean, Leash are looking like, you know by a fair country mile the best team in the, in the division um, and I would have seen them last year and um, probably would have thought that they would be too mm. but this year they're, they're obviously delivering performances and wins and um, it's going to be a tough one That was Tipperary Senior Football Manager Paul Kelly speaking to myself in McGovern Park in Rice up yesterday after that draw 11 points for Tipperary 1-8 for London was the full-time score another man who was there who joined me on commentary yesterday was Conor O'Dwyer Conor joins me on the line now Conor you're welcome to the show Connor, uh, we're both both back on Irish soil now. What was kind of the the feelings uh, for yourself making your way back from from London yesterday? Was it definitely a point left behind? Yeah, I think so. We probably would went over there for the weekend, thinking that the chances are we're going to win it. You know, that London haven't been pulling up trees in the National League over the last couple of years, but you know, it was never going to be terribly easy. We mentioned yesterday where they've lost a lot of games, but they've lost them typically by three or four points. You know, every year they seem to take one scalp or at least get a point or pull a draw to somewhere. They were very strong in championship, but that's come back three or four years ago. So, yeah, I think we would have been favourites, justifiably so. So, I'd say the overriding feeling was one of disappointment, if we're being honest. Yeah, de- very much so. And the result in itself was disappointing, but I suppose the performance as well was, was quite disappointing. And it was kind of against what we might have seen maybe even in the Carlo game and definitely against Longford. It was kind of a lethargic at times and a slow kind of performance from Tipperary. And 
do you know, we kind of mentioned before the game that that was maybe a fear in terms of breaking the routine and you're flying over and, and little things like that. So it, unfortunately, that was how it kind of played out. It was a much kind of a slower game than, than Tip might have would have liked. Yeah, but the conditions, you know, the pitch looked really nice and the sun was shining for part of it, but it was very, very slippy underfoot. And there was a number of unforced errors on both sides. And certainly, I would say 50% of those were were a factor of, of the underfoot conditions. So that didn't help. But yeah, I listen, after, you know, this really strong performance against Longford um, yesterday was maybe a, a step, maybe a small step backwards. Yeah, you know, we, we do. You know, we said at some stage yesterday, Paul, that you can afford to lose maybe two games. Anything beyond that, you're going to almost impossible, you know. And we have now, as Paul mentioned there a second ago, what is the strongest team in the division, albeit at home, you know, in Turles next weekend. And I, I think we do need to get at least a point from that, I think, to maintain any ambition of going up to Division 3 for next year. Yeah, that is the the challenge now ahead of the tip footballers. It is Leash up next next Sunday, two o'clock in Semple Stadium. Um, yeah. Leash beat Carlo by eleven points over the weekend. Of course, tip lost to Carlo a couple of weeks back. So this is it's it's pretty much do or die in terms of uh, promotion hopes come come Sunday. Yeah, it is. But I, but I guess you know if we're good enough to go up, we'll go up. And if we're not good enough, maybe one or two seasons in Division Four isn't the worst thing in the world. What you don't want is going up and and coming straight back down. You know, if you're going to go up, you need to be confident that you're you're good enough to go up and make progress in Division 3. And it is a, a young and inexperienced side. Um, you know, I counted maybe seven, if not eight, at the start of 15 yesterday, weren't involved at all last year. And of the 26, at least half of those, again, in turn, weren't involved. So you have a, you know, they're young, but they're inexperienced from the county perspective. And all these games, I think, will bring them on, irrespective of where we finish at the end of the year. Um, and we have a number of injuries, as we know, but that has forced management maybe forced our hand into giving inexperienced players, you know, some league experience, and that and that's all to the good. So listen, it's, it's disappointing, yes, but one point was better than coming home with a loss. All you know, so it's, yeah, it's not ideal, but there's still what four more games to go in the league and plenty of football to play. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the injuries there, and. John, we haven't seen Conor Sweeney so far yet this year and Stephen O'Brien had that injury against Longford and he didn't feature uh, uh, on Sunday but uh, even the likes of the Carl Dealey went off with that head knock Paddy Creedon went off at half time with a strain and Teddy Doyle I believe was injured in the warm up as well so all these kind of injuries are kind of piling up to a sense but on the other side of things you had Jack Leamy and Peter McGarry involved for the first time yesterday so although we've a lot of lads kind of injured at the minute it's good to see the, the talent of like the likes of Jack Leamy and Peter McGarry making themselves available as well. Yeah, of course, you have Mark Rust and Stephen Quirk also on the injured list, you know. So it does mean we're building uh, depth to the panel, no doubt about that. Um, I suppose what you're always hoping is one or two star players come through that, you know, that can add that little bit more, you know. Um, and yesterday, to be fair to him, I thought, you know, when push came to shove and leadership is needed, Jack Kennedy from Clamel was the one man to me that stood out, you know. He's one of the most experienced players now. And I thought he took the fight and to London. And indeed, his namesake from J.K. Bracken for him can be happy he's out and got two points in play. You know, But it is certainly, there's loads of guys getting experience, loads of good footballers, but it's just maybe get one or two can help us go to the next level, I think. And then get some of the guys that are injured, get them back. I think they've proven in the past that they have that bit extra. Um, so, you know, if we have a, a fully fit panel or close to it, I think certainly puts us in a stronger position heading into the championship.
Yeah, so we'll see how uh, Tip get on. Next up is Leash, as we said, on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Semple Stadium. And that will be a, a pretty much a must win for Tipperary. But, Connor, thanks for joining me yesterday and thanks for joining me again this evening. Thank you, Paul. That was uh, Conor O'Dwyer, former Tipperary uh, football chairperson, talking to me about uh, Tipperary versus London. And remember, you can get uh, your messages in here to us on Tip FM 083-311-3311. That works for both text and WhatsApp. And uh, after this short ad, we're going to be talking about Nina CBS versus Kilkenny CBS. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel. And OREA now, I did say it was going to be a very short ad break, but Nina CBS took on Kilkenny CBS uh, on Saturday. This was in the All-Ireland uh, Senior A Schools Hurling Quarterfinal, the Croke Cup, and Nina came away with the win 3-19 to 2-11. And after the game, uh, Tipper, Tip FM's Stephen Gleeson spoke to Nina CBS coach Mark Jennery. Yeah, Stephen, uh, we knew coming in, like, uh, our boys went down, we went on to watch them in the Leinster final, and uh, Kieran's job. They put the foot down and they kind of, you know, there was a big score in it after maybe 10 or 15 minutes. So we knew Kilkenny CBS, we had played them before Christmas in a challenge match. Big, tough, physical men and we knew they had nothing to lose here today. You know, they were going in um, full whack to, to knock us off our pearl. And in fairness, our boys, the first maybe 15, 20 minutes was a bit topsy-turvy and we settled down then. We got a few scores on the board um, and we got in a half time, I think it was four pints up. And we're after kind of, after weathering a bit of a storm. Um, but as you know, like trying to win in the heart, he was a great success. And the last two weeks, John, trying to ground them, like it's John, it's hard. They're, they're young, John. They're human after all. Like the, the, everyone is kind of patting them in the back and everything. But that match there today, and I was going to stand for him. Um, real tough dog, John. There's a lot of sore, tired bodies in there, but they put their head down and they really snuffed it out, like. Your centre forward Mason Cawley was, you know, hitting good shoulders and running with the ball. Centre back was good, full back was good, and you had two subs popping up in the second half, getting key goals. So it bodes well that you have a good panel to call in. Yeah, huge, and that's the big thing about this. Said to the matter, forty-two are in around it. Forty-two lads that are training and being in around it, and it's the lads from sixteen down to the forty-two are the ones that are driving it. Our subs have been massive for us all year. Do you know, it's hard. We're keeping Austin Duff off the line. We're keeping Dara Tracy, Brian O'Mara, Joe, Joe Dwyer. They're serious, serious talent. And every time they get inside the white line, they're making a difference. They're Joe, winning, hooking and blocking and getting a goal. As you said, John, our two, our two, our two subs getting the two goals. Uh, it's massive. It's a great omen for the next two weeks. And like you have that now, semi-final, two weeks' time against uh, Galway side. And I suppose it gives you time to come back down to earth again and get ready to go again. Yeah, 100%. Um, we said Thursday night we meet and we didn't want this journey kind of stopping. Now, do you know what I mean? If we stop now, we'd forget about the hearty. We're after this kind of a banana skin for us. We're going to rally the troops again now, take a few days off, get the all sore bodies, get them into the lake and revive inside Nina there. And Joe, we'll give it a good shot now in two weeks' time. Um, when the last four, Joe, anything can happen. Joe, just get yourself in there. So, no, we're there now and we're going to do everything in our power to get over the line. That was Nina CBS coach Mark Jennery speaking to Stephen Gleeson after Saturday's win over Kilkenny CBS in the Crow Cup. 3-19-2-11 was the final score. Also there for Tip FM on the day was Ken Hogan who joins me on the line. Ken, you're welcome to the show. 
Thanks, Paul. Can we heard uh, Mark Jenry there even mentioned that this fixture was a, a potential banana skin given the fact that Kilkenny CBS were well bet by St. Kieran's College in the Leinster final and, and Nina were coming in here off the, the back of the big hearty cup win and all the kind of furore that came with that. But in fairness to Nina, they went out and got got the big victory and uh, are over that hurdle now. I would have a shadow of a doubt and uh, Mark summed it up very well there, you know, about getting back down chairs the work rate and, of course, the importance of the panel because the sub has made a notable contribution, you know, when they were introduced, um, particularly Austin Duff. But I suppose the key thing to remember here is, um, I suppose, the Leinster let's go mad. I went to school, of course, in Boris, so I played in Leinster colleges. They go mad over, the, you know, the, the Hearty Cup and, you know, being a brilliant competition and the hype it gets. Now, now Nina CBS, you know, proved themselves beating Leinster opposition last weekend and now playing Connacht for opposition, you know, in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be a big test, it's going to be a big test. Francis Ford, obviously, the, the manager and coach of, of St. Rafael's is not great. Yeah, no, and that it's uh, it's going to be massive now. Not only is it an All Ireland semi final, but it's uh, it's sixty minutes away from Croke Park now. Is the the goal for for both teams here because the, the final of this competition is in Croke Park on March sixteenth, I believe. So, you know, that's a huge carrot for for any team in these semi finals. I would always have a doubt and great support there for for Nina. Last, you know, it was five to one for for Nina. You know, the the whole of North Tipperary out supporting the team in Rackdowney and I think, you know, the game wasn't as simple as, as maybe the scoreline would suggest, um, particularly a tough mid- middle second of the first half uh, when that Kenny CBS actually got a goal and went ahead. But, you know, Darren McCarthy again to the fore and I thought it was very noble of him, really. You know, he, he, he was off target with a couple of difficult frees and he was the one that delegated Owen Duhan, you know, as captain, to take the freeze. And Owen Dunn, you know, was very accomplished in his free-taking from then on. So, Dara uh, chipped in himself then with a couple of great long-rangers. So, you know, I think it's a team effort right through. I thought Keane Connolly, his block-downs, his hooks, goalkeeper was very confident. Yeah, you're, you're, um, young Grace. And, of course, uh, your own club man at cornerback as well. Connor great, excellent as well. So, Andy Hoolan, outstanding as well, you know, at half-back. So, I think overall we have a very even, talented team, no egos, uh, but of course, bigger tests to come. St. Rafael's, I saw Franny Ford there, and they will fancy their chances. They won the Connacht Championship, beating Etten Rye, and as you know, Etten Rye obviously knocked out by uh, Arsco Reach uh, yesterday. Yeah, for five points, uh, Ard Skull, I think it was 114 to 19, uh, Ard Skull bet uh, presentation at the Rai there. So, yeah, that's that, that's coming up next. But just, you mentioned kind of the impact of the subs, and it's been a feature of this Nina CBS team. And uh, both Joe O'Dwyer and Dara Tracy came on uh, to the field to get goals for Nina CBS. And you mentioned Austin Duff, his impact. I believe he set up the goal for, for Danny Quinn in the first half there as well. So, it's a it's a real good strong kind of panel and a lot of younger players coming to the fore like even Owen Dohan that you mentioned there he would have been on the under seventeen team so to th- those younger players are really kind of standing up on this team as well. Yeah, and I hate mentioning individuals because you know Gavin McGrath the, the other cornerback absolutely outstanding. So so um, you know you think of the of the of the fellas that were brought in Joe Dwyer scoring one one making a huge impact there with Austin Duff, uh, young Tracy getting the goal and of course. Do you know, we haven't mentioned the rugby player, uh, Mason Cawley. Like he was really going ahead. He was strong from the very word go, powerful in the run. 
uh, tacked on a few great points, three points, made uh, a lot of frees. And overall, I suppose, it was a sticky game uh, for, for Nina's BS, as Mark mentioned, to get back down to earth. But I think the overall depth of the squad, they're using their substitutes, and they know that they, they, they have to be tried out. And I suppose they got the, you know, they got that uh, christening last, last weekend, you know, playing against Kilkenny CBS and in the Hearty Cup final. But I suppose the lads now will be getting back down to earth, getting organised for the St. Rayfield game. I don't think we have a venue yet, Paul. It's uh, um, it's actually on in Loch Ray, I believe, on Saturday, March the 2nd. So I think uh, Rayfields have a home advantage there. Wow. Well, I, I, I didn't realise that because I remember the... The semi-finals last year were in Bor, neutral venue in Bor. Yeah, well, that's so, according to the GA website that I saw today. So I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. That's what it said on the website anyway. Yeah, because obviously the weather has been inclement. Fair play to Rat Downey did a great job in hosting the game. Uh, there has been a lot of rain, unfortunately, you know. But still, um, you would feel that a neutral venue would be, would be, you know, for for, for both fixtures would be fairest. So we'll wait and see about that. But I think that's another challenge for for the CBS and I'm sure they'll relish that situation but I I think overall you know to have the strength and depth to have the substitutes to bring in that can make a contribution that's a big plus for Nina and they're well grounded uh, they know what they're about and they know how to make the best of their abilities yeah, so as we said, Saturday, March the 2nd at 2 o'clock is the throw-in time venue. Yet to be 100% confirmed there for that semi-final St. Rayfields of Loch Ray against Nina CBS. As we said, the winners uh, will go into the final, which will be on in Croke Park. So what a an occasion that would be for whoever can get to the final. So we wish uh, Nina CBS the very best luck and uh, fair play after their win. 3.19 to 2.11 win over Kilkenny CBS. Uh, Ken Hogan, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Ken Paul. That was uh, Ken Hogan there. Now when our attention switches to Camogie now and there was uh, plenty of Camogie action over the weekend. Uh, we had the Tipperary seniors and juniors in action but I suppose you kind of have to start with the minor Tipperary Camogie team this weekend. They beat Waterford 113 to 9 points to be crowned the Munster Minor Camogie Champions. To uh, talk on the line about all of that is Geraldine Canan but we're just going to take a quick little ad break and we'll get Geraldine on to talk about all things Camogie after these. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clonmel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clonmel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Welcome back to Extra Time here with myself, Paul Carroll, filling in for Ronan Quirk on this Monday, February the 19th, 2023. Reminder, you can send your text to 083-311-3311. And a reminder, once again, the Tip of M Sports Star of the Month nominations open for the month of February. You can send your nominations to sportsstar at tipfm.com. Our January winners, of course, were Ursuline Thurless, and uh, they have a big All-Ireland final coming up this Saturday. It's going to be on at 12 o'clock in O'Connor Park in Burr, and uh, it's on a 
and Bury at 12 o'clock on Saturday and uh, it's going to be a massive game Ursuline Thurless versus Loretto Kilkenny in the uh, Senior A uh, semi Senior A f- schools uh, Camogie final All-Ireland final there so the very best luck to all involved in uh, Ursuline Thurless and uh, just before we uh, speak about Camogie we're going to switch our attention to ladies football now and the Tipperary ladies footballers were in action uh, over the course of the weekend they were taking on Kildare in Feathertown Park had finished up Tipperary 7 points Kildare 8 to talk about this game I'm joined on the line by Tipperary selector Tony Smith Tony welcome to the show Thank you, Paul. Tony, a, a disappointing result. It's a, it's a second a one-point defeat out of the four games. So uh, just talk us, talk us through this one. It's, a, it's always tough to lose a game by, by a point, but just looking back on the, the scores, Tip got the last three points and uh, uh, came out uh, losers on the day by just a, by the narrowest of margins. Well, absolutely, Paul. I mean, having lost by a point to Tyrone and then followed up by losing by a point against Gildare, they're two very disappointing results and they are going to affect us, I would say, big time as regards getting to the final of the league, which is still possible if results go a certain way. But uh, Kildare are, in my opinion, the better team by far. You know, uh, they were much more impressive to me than Tyrone were. We left it after us in Tyrone, but we had to work really hard uh, yesterday against Kildare. And I actually thought we played very well. I thought defensively we were excellent. Uh, Unfortunately, we had to break very quickly to get at Kildare because they got numbers back big time. They would have 12 players back in no time at all. And so a very, very difficult team to break down because they're a good footballing side and they're physically very strong. Yeah, and so after that result, it leaves uh, Tip, I believe, in, is it in fourth place at the minute? And uh, But three points off, uh, or is it six points off the, the top two? It's still possible, as you said, to get to uh, the league final where the top two teams uh, get, into, uh, get into the league final, of course. But... I suppose looking at the the Tipperary team, there was no Ashley Maloney on the day. She's still uh, out injured, is she? She is indeed, Paul. And I mean, obviously, if, if Ashley Maloney was there, you'd feel that Ashley Maloney was certainly worth a few points to you. But uh, we have three games left. If we can win those three games, and if Tyrone lose two games, well, we're in the final. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's like there's lots of ifs there, but you'll always live in hope. Yeah, and uh, like looking at the games to go, you're away to Westmead next on uh, that's on March the third. Then you're home to Monaghan and home to Donegal. So, you know, looking looking on paper, you know, those are all probably winnable games for you. So it's it's there for you, I suppose. Uh, looking at the, looking at the fixtures, going away to Westmead, then two home fixtures to finish off the league. Yeah, I mean, it is possible to win those three games. I mean, I think the girls are well capable of doing that. But as I said, we are now depending on other results. And I mean, that's not always the ideal situation. But I feel that those other results could actually go our way. And I I know that the team uh, would love to have another crack at Kildare, particularly in Crow Park. Yeah, 100%. And looking at it now, you have, a, I believe, next week off before that game against uh, Westmead on March the 3rd. So just kind of the plan, I suppose, for the, for the next two weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll train, obviously, the Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. Now, the O'Connor Cup will still uh, be on this week, so we won't have the O'Connor Cup girls on Tuesday night. And uh, so, look, the whole thing now is, as I said, to get, get the three victories in these three games. That's all we can do. And if we can manage that, well, then hopefully the other results will go our way. Yeah, please God, we get some uh, positive uh, developments in the other results and uh, we'll see what we can do in the last three games. But uh, Tony Smith, as always, thanks for joining us on Extra Time. 
Thank you very much, Paul. That was Tony Smith there, Tipperary uh, Senior Ladies Football Selector, talking us through that. Just a one-point defeat there to Kildare at home in Feathertown Park on Sunday. Seven points for Tip, eight points for Kildare. And as I said, it was the second one-point defeat for the uh, Tip Senior Ladies Football team there. were beaten by Tyrone by uh, the narrowest of margins a couple of weeks back as well. So some unfortunate results there for Tipperary, but uh, to, to keep up to the, to the league leaders without Ashley Maloney was a fair feat as well. But we're going to switch attention now to Camogie and to joining me on the line now now is uh, Geraldine Canan. Geraldine, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Geraldine, good to have you on. And as, as we were mentioning, uh, a successful weekend for the Tipperary Minor Camogie team. They became Munster champions, beating Watford at uh, 113 to 9 points. A brilliant win for, for Tipperary Camogie and, and always a, a great sign of things to come maybe with this uh, minor Camogie team that we've mentioned before of so many familiar names on their team. But Quiva Stakelam seemed to be really to the fore. She scored 1-9 of Tipperary's 113. So a brilliant uh, performance from her and a brilliant win for Tipperary. Yeah, it was a fantastic win and I was just thinking that uh, how many times I've been on the radio talking camogie and I rarely get to talk about times when we were picked up some silverware. Um, so this is a, a much needed boost for, for camogie in the county and for this group and, and for John Ryan and his management team. Um, you know, they failed to get out of the knockout stage, failed to reach the knockout stage of the minor All-Ireland Championship last year and they got bet in a, a Munster final and then, um, you know, two years ago they were beaten in an under-16 Munster final and an under-16 All-Ireland final. So they look, this group has kind of been together for a while um, and John has done new work with them. So it was great to, to finally uh, win a Munster title, um, I suppose, all the work was done, you know, in a couple of weeks ago as well when they bet Cork and then the hard training for the last couple of weeks and then and, and put in the performance against Waterford. And look, it didn't, it didn't all go their way. I suppose they went four points down early in the game. Um, but then they scored 1-3 on the trot. Uh, fantastic turnaround. And they never looked back after that and had the wind at their backs in the second half as well. And like you mentioned there, Cueva State Club, you know, was excellent on freeze and from play scored a brilliant goal and um, picked up Claire in the match award. But, you know, there was brilliant players all over the field. I, I thought Danielle Butler in the goals had an excellent game. Paula Cork and Sarah Corkin in defence and, and Danielle Ryan then up front as well was, were all outstanding. Yeah, brilliant. And so many of these players have been playing a lot of uh, camogie in the last couple of weeks and there's still a lot of camogie to come because I believe the All-Ireland Championship is starting in a matter of a couple of weeks' time. But before that, uh, both the Ursuline girls and the Our Ladies uh, Temple Moor girls have All-Ireland finals this weekend. Ursuline in the uh, Senior A final on Saturday at 12 in Burr. And at the same time, uh, Our Ladies in Temple Moor are in the Senior D final as well. So it's a, it's a busy weekend for, for these girls with two massive games uh, next weekend as well. Yeah, so a, a quick turnaround again, back in action again. A lot of them are involved uh, with Arstein and Caitlin Tracy there from Monegal is on is on the Our Ladies team as well. So, um, like you say, <laughs> they won't get much of a break really, at and But look, they, 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 that group just loved their clogie and, and loved their hurling and they're going from schools to clubs to county and football and everything the whole time. So they're they're, they're brilliant athletes and um, you know they have a big week now ahead. Um, Ahead of the, to the looking forward to the schools all Iron finals and look it's a massive week a massive day for us line in the senior A final and also for our ladies reaching their final as well so just to wish the both teams the best of luck and it wouldn't it be great if if we could have Tipperary schools uh, winning all Iron titles next weekend yeah it would be it would be unbelievable so the very best of luck to both our ladies and Ursline uh, and their finals next weekend but looking back uh, on the action over the weekend the Tipperary seniors got their uh, league campaign up and running over the weekend at home to Watford it was actually she played in Sean Tracy's, I believe, for a finish with the uh, bit of work being done in the, the county camogie grounds. So, unfortunately, it was a loss. It was a 110 to 10 point uh, defeat for Tipperary, I suppose, and they would have wanted to be 
they would have wanted to get a bit of revenge for last year's All-Ireland uh, semi-final but uh, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I suppose initially and, and during the game I was a bit disappointed um, I thought, you know, they didn't really you know, perform as well as they could and, you know, they were kind of second to the ball and, you know, a lot of kind of silly mistakes and, you know, giving away a lot of frees and things like that. But I suppose uh, and after the match, though, you know, you'd have to say, look, we, if you look at back at the All-Ireland semi-final, I think Tipperary started with eight of the of the team that started that day. So they were down seven players and Waterford started with 11. So they were only missing four players. So I think that was a, a big difference. Um, Dennis has a good few injuries uh, to his panel at the moment so down some key players some leaders on the field as well but look it was a, a learning experience and a good run out for, for a lot of girls making their senior league debut and girls came off the bench as well and that lost Stantrum you know another big game this Saturday against Galway at home so look he's going to look for a bounce back and, and a, a good response and performance next weekend but you know he'll probably be down players again that are in, injured as well and, and also look he um, the team that lined out on Saturday included like Savine McGrath, Casey Hennessy, Sarah Madden and Ian Lukeman who were all were involved in Ashburn's winning um, or a US winning Ashburn team the weekend before so they've had a long kind of few weeks with, with colleges camogie and obviously a bit of tiredness kicking in there as well so look it, it would have been nice to win it get their league up and running um, like you said get a bit of revenge on Waterford but Waterford definitely had a very strong team out and uh, under a new management as well we're looking for um our response and Jay went home to happier the two teams I suppose a bit disappointing we only scored 10 points and like 10 points is going to win very little matches so that's something like that we really need to work on going forward like he really needs to I suppose get like six scoring forwards on the field you know we'd, we probably don't have the you know the Beck Carton or the Amy O'Connor that some other teams have a marquee forward so we really need to get six forwards on the field they're all going to chip in with a couple of scores each and um, you know we, we need to get our, our scoring rate up for, for definite next weekend Yeah it's going to be a, a big challenge Galway up next on a Saturday for the seniors just a quick word on the juniors before we finish up they beat Wexford 2-12 to 11 in Wexford Park in Division 2B of the league uh, they have the week off this week coming now but it's been a good start uh, for with life with, with Bill Milani once again yeah, very good start and he's putting together a really nice panel there at the moment. Um, you know, that was a great win away away to Wexford. Um they got two goals in the first half, Amanda Fahey and Kira Brennan and Gemma Fox was excellent at centre back. Um Kira Brennan in midfield again had another great game and Jenny Grace and Emma Fang were really good in the forwards. I think Jenny finished with five points and Emma with three. So look they'll be delighted with that win and, and you know, they're improving the whole time and still have things to work on and, and players to come back into the fray as well. So um, very impressive two away wins in a row after the open round defeat to Cork. So look, they're they're sitting nicely in the league there and they're doing really well. And um, you know, I expect you know that they'll have a serious say in the All Ireland Championship later on in the summer. And, and fingers crossed, they can get back to Coke Park again. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? But Geraldine, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Extra Time. Thanks, Paul. That was Geraldine Canan there, Tipperary Camogie Piro, reflecting back on what was a, a mixed uh, weekend for the Tipperary Camogie teams, but a huge weekend for the Miners there, winning that Munster title. Uh, another big weekend was for the Tipperary athletes. It was the National Indoor Championships run up in Abbottstown over the weekend. And I mentioned that last Thursday we had the Tip FM Sports Star of the Year Awards Night. We had uh, uh, athletes in Charlene Maudsley and Katie Bergen receiving their uh, awards from last year and uh, the the two of them will likely be up for awards again this year because they both had successes uh, at the National Indoor Championships uh, this weekend gone by and to talk about that I'm joined by Mine AC's uh, Martin Flynn Martin you're welcome to the show 
Thank you very much, Paul. Martin, I mentioned there about the, the success for the, the two girls, Charlene Maudsley of Newport AC, winning her first ever indoor yes. national title, 400 metres, uh, taking the gold medal there, and Katie Bergen from Moyne AC getting the silver medal in the women's 200 metres. So overall, a successful weekend uh, for, for Tipperary Athletics. A very good weekend for Tipperary Athletics, Athletics because along with that, along with Charlene's win in the 400s and Katie's silver in the 200s, we had David Ryan in the men's 400 who took silver in the men's 400 in the time of 47.99 and his sister Anna also took silver in the triple jump. And likewise, Laura Frawley from Nina, another young athlete. All those are, you know, in their early 20s and um, Laura Frawley from Nina Olympic second in the weight for distance. Now, she's a lady to keep an eye on because um, a few weeks back, she's only about 20, 21 years of age. She finished second in the combined national senior combined events, uh, won five out of the six events and last, uh, last the 800 metres and just won for the future. Another young lady coming up there, Nina Olympic, is, is Jennifer O'Leary, 16 years of age, mixing it with the, the best there at the weekend. Didn't get to the final, but having said that, there's great talent, as I've said in the past. There's some some of the finest talent, both male and female, at underage in Tipperary at the moment. And um, it's great to see him coming through. But heading back to Charlene there, Charlene had an outstanding race. It was obvious from the heat on Saturday that she was in good form. She ran the fastest time in of all the heat mm. in heat one and um, followed it up on Sunday then with a really convincing run let it out after the first 200 metres and it was a case of um, how much she was going to win by and she powered it out on the second on the second lap and won convincingly 52 what did I say 52.06 I think was her time for it yeah and she so, finished ahead of, of Sophie Becker of course who would have been a, a relay partner and Olympian in her own right as well uh, so it's not like she's, she's running against a very good opposition there in winning that national 400 metres Absolutely, and I mean, Sophie is, you know, she's a seasoned campaigner now as well, and Boshin Harrison, another Olympian from, from, from Tokyo, you know, so she, she was up against, that was her first indoor 400 metres title, and um, it's great to see it because last year outdoors, she won her first outdoor 400 metre title, so Charlene is running consistently, and hopefully now heading to the world indoors in Glasgow in a couple of weeks' time um, that she can even improve on that time again. Now, that'll probably be in the relays. Yeah, I haven't announced the team yet, but um, yeah, looking forward to those in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, and, and just on Katie Bergen, she took the silver, as we mentioned, in the women's 200 metre. I believe she broke her personal best twice uh, in, in the events in the heats and in the final, and she finished uh, second behind another Olympian, Phil Healy, and uh, so just looking at it, she won the bronze in this event last year, the silver this year. So you could you can only think if the pattern continues, she might be uh, getting her hands on a gold medal next year. But she seems to be in, in great form and running a lot of races at the moment as well. Well, she's in she's flying form at the minute, you know, and um, it's like this. She has run 13, 13 races in the last 35 days and pulled nine PBs out of those 13 races. And on Saturday in the 200, look at she really and truly had to run out of her skin for the simple reason that there was eight heats and 
with there's only six lanes, so nobody knows going out and what heat. You had to run your best in the heat and then see if you could make it through to the final and then to turn in another another personal best in the final. I mean, that was incredible. It was only two hours after running the heat in 24-33 to run the final in 24-26. So, all looking good. Yeah, and brilliant. And just in the world of athletics, Martin, what's up next? Uh, you mentioned the, the World Indoor Championships. Is that the next big event? When When is that happening? The next big event is the World Indoor Champions there, Championships. They're on in Glasgow, 1st, 2nd and 3rd of March. Then you've got the World Relays in the Bahamas, and they're on in May, and of course the the Olympics in Paris, the end of July, August, and um, it's a pretty packed year. There is so many; they're they're going to be very, very busy. Staying injury free while putting in the heavy workload in training, that is going to be key, and how that's managed. And I mean, all the coaches at the minute they are pulling their hair out trying to keep those people on the straight and narrow. I mean, training six days a week and on some occasions twice twice a day in those six days and trying to remain injury-free. It takes a hell of a lot of organising on behalf of the athletes because, you know, they're competing at such a high level. The stakes are so high. Uh, an injury at this stage of any time between now and early April and probably it's their season or their chance of competing that you know, any of those international events would be gone. So yeah. how they manage themselves and how their training is managed will be key over the next over the next um, number of months. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fine balance, but uh, definitely yes, uh, yes. worth it if you can strike the balance right, if you can get on that Absolutely. relay team going to the Bahamas anyway, that's for sure. But uh, Martin, it's been, it's been yeah. great having you on. we got to fly, but thanks for joining us an extra time. Yeah, just before you go, we yeah. had a great night at the TPFM Awards on Thursday night. Excellent. Enjoyed it immensely, excellently organised, and uh, it was great for Charlene and Kate. Charlene was uh, was out of the country, but Katie was there, and they enjoyed it thoroughly, and thanks to Tip FM for that. Brilliant, Martin, and it was great to see you all there as well, and hopefully you might be there again next year. Thanks a million, Martin. Thanks, Paul. All the best. Bye. That was uh, Martin Flynn there from Moyne AC giving us a rundown on what happened at the last weekend or just past weekend's National Indoor Athletics Championship. So a really su- successful weekend uh, for the Tipperary athletes as well. It was also a very successful weekend for the local AIL rugby teams, both Cashel and Clonmel, uh, recording victories. Nina Orman's game was called off this weekend, so they had uh, no game. They were due to play Ballymena, but that game was called off. But uh, to talk about the action, I'm joined on the line by Cashel's uh, Peter Silk. Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, Peter, you had a good win over the weekend against uh, very tough opponents away in UL Bohemian, 17 points to 13. So I suppose a win um, in the latter half of the season is always extremely important and the gap has closed now to Nina to six points. So it's a really competitive uh, Division 2A this year. It is indeed. Um, and, you know, it, it has been competitive all season. The matches are tight and tough and uh, a very good standard of rugby. And last Saturday's match was no exception. UFOs were confident enough before the match uh, because they were, they're still in the hunt uh, for a playoff position. Uh, we had been beaten the previous week and they had a good win. So, um, you know, they, they, they were very confident. But we, we dug it out in the end. It was a very tight game. We got a try. It took us 20 minutes to get out of our half. And when we did, we got a very good try. Kevin O'Connor uh, was put in by uh, Ryan O'Sullivan. Um, and then Bose got a penalty. So it was 7-6 at half time. 
Then halfway through the second half, it was um, 10-6 to Cashel. Uh, and then we got a very, very good try with about 10 minutes to go. And a super try scored by uh, Jack Evans in our, our number 10. Uh, but all the backs were involved in it. It was just a good try. So we were we were comfortable at that stage. But, you know, as the clock went red, Joel Bowes got a try and converted and got a losing bonus point, which they actually deserved because it was a, a, a very tight game. But we were delighted to come away with the win. Uh, we're still in second place. Barnhall are breathing down our neck. Uh, they have the same number of points as us, but they're only uh, behind us three points in points difference. So, you know... There's nothing between the two teams. And um, it looks as if Nina are home free. You know, they, they're six points ahead of us, but they have they have a game in hand. Their game was called off at the weekend. I think their pitch was unplayable. But, um, you know, it, it did. I think they're home, home free, to be quite honest with you. So the rest of us are really playing for the three playoff positions uh, that are at stake. Yeah, and I'm sure... And, uh, so, I'm sure you Nina, know, Nina won't agree until they have a de- have that for certain because I suppose they they know after their last game uh, was it with Banbridge when they they kind of squandered a very heavy lead in that game so I'm sure they'll be eager to get back on the field but you've had the way the the kind of AIL fixtures go is it's usually in kind of blocks of three so you're at the end of a of a block of three fixtures at the minute so you have a a week off and then you're away to uh, Ballymena I believe so. Before true, an, yeah. before another break, before the last three, so it's a. Uh, I'd imagine there's a lot of probably tired bodies after the three games in three weeks. So these these week well, offs are, are always probably very much uh, welcomed. They are really because we've had a lot of injuries in this uh, recent block, and uh, you know before we played Barnhall, we had uh, we had two guys who were kind of long term injuries, and then three guys got injured before the match. But in fairness, the lads that came in, they stood up and played quite well. And the same thing happened last Saturday. We got one of the injured players back, but the other guys, you know, really played well. And you need a very, very um, strong panel, uh, particularly this time of the year. You have injuries, uh, you have a, a certain amount of tiredness. And, you know, we have we have two trips to the north now to look forward to before the end of the season. Ballymena on Saturday week, that's a long trek. Um, they're kind of down at the bottom of the table, they're, they're trying to avoid relegation, so they'll be very determined when we go up there. Um, and we have to go to Malone as well later on in the season. That's another long journey up to Belfast. They're at the bottom of the table, and they'll want to turn us over. So, you know, uh, we were turned over by Navin when they were actually at the top bottom of the table there two weeks ago. So any team is capable of beating the other team on the day. Uh, but... Um, you know, I'd be surprised, now going back to Nina, I'd be surprised if they slipped up at this stage. But, you know, you never know. We keep trying to catch up to them anyway, and all we can do is win our own matches and, uh, you know, hope that maybe somebody will beat them along the way. Yeah, such a, um, such an attritional, uh, attritional league is, especially Division 2A. But just before we, we let you go, Peter, uh, Clonmel had also had a big win over the weekend. They were up in, uh, in Tyrone playing Oma. Uh, Oma Academicals 8, Clamel 21 was the final score there. So Clamel now in seventh place. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to uh, catch the teams in terms of getting to the playoffs, but it looks like they're very much safe for the year. And what is kind of a young Clamel team yeah. at the moment, I suppose, they're kind of building for the future as well. Well, they are. And, you know, that's, that was a very good win. It's very difficult to win on the road. And particularly when you go on such a long journey, like Clamel to Oma is a massive trip. But, uh, you know, they had a good win. They're in seventh. Uh, but they're 11 points ahead of the team in eighth position, so they're they're safe, if you like, from from the relegation zone. Uh, but they're probably that little 
a playoff position. But, you know, there's, there's a battle going on there in the middle of the table between themselves and Middleton. And, uh, you know, they're both monster teams. We don't want to see any monster team relegated. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, we lost Sunday as well from the from the and Leicester. And, you know, there's always a... Uh, we might beat each other when we're on the pitch, but we don't like to see a Munster team being relegated. And I think uh, both Munster, or both um, Middleton and Clanmel are safe, certainly, for this year. I was delighted to have got that win because, um, you know, an away win is worth its weight in gold, really, Paul. Yeah, 100%, especially after such a, a long trip as well. But, Peter, thanks a million for, for joining us on Extra Time. Enjoy the weekend off, and then it's uh, all guns blazing in two weeks' time for, to, for the rest of the season. So thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you very much, Paul. That was uh, Peter Silk there from Cashel Rugby Club and uh, a fair play to Cashel. 17 points to 13 win uh, away to UL Bohemian. And as we mentioned there, Clonmel with the 21 points to 8 win over Oma away from home. And Neen Norman's game was called off uh, due to that. I think, it was, I think as Peter said, it was a, a very soft pitch and uh, unplayable pitch on Saturday. They were due to play Ballymena. That has been refixed for March the 9th, I believe. So moving on now to soccer. And uh, as always on a Monday, we're joined by Barry Ryan on the line to talk about soccer. Barry, welcome to the show. How are you, Paul? Barry, we've, uh, in terms of fixtures over the weekend, uh, just one in the TSTL Premier League, and that was a 9-0 win for St. Michael's against Wilderness Rovers. But we also had an FAI Youth Cup quarterfinal on Saturday. Cashel Town uh, defeated by Pike Rovers at two goals to one. But just brilliant to see a Tipperary team at, at the latter stages of the FAI Youth Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think Cashel deserves special praise because they were also at the latter stage and just narrowly defeated in the Munster U Cup as well. So that same group of players, the management team, have went to the very end of the FAIU Cup and the Munster U Cup. Um, and that's not easily done. They've come up against the best teams from Cork, the best teams um, from Dublin and stuff. And in this case, Limerick, Pike Rovers, who are always one of the favourites to win the competition. So Cashel have really acquitted themselves well. And the game was decided late on by a penalty. Uh, it was one all, a really, really good game. So uh, brilliant season for Cashel. And hopefully, they can go on now and finish it out domestically with a bit of silverware. Yeah, brilliant. And locally, we had a lot of uh, Tipperary um, kind of cup. For, it was the second round of the Tipperary Cup on at the weekend. I mentioned just that one uh, game in the in the TSL Premier Premier Division. So a uh, quite enough uh, weekend in terms of um, league action, anyway. But plenty of action in the cups. Yeah, quite an awful league action, I suppose. Uh, Tate Michael's result is a bit of a formality and fair play again to Willies. They're fulfilling all their fixtures um, and giving it a lash every weekend, which is good to see. Um, Clommel Town, a good win into Tipperary Cup, kind of keeps their season moving as well. But I suppose it was almost like. Yeah, but not that we get, but it was almost a bit of a feel like just get this weekend played out because all the huge games come next weekend with the Munster Junior Cup centre stage and having two Tipperary teams, St. Michael's playing a Munster semi-final and Big Villa round behind playing a Munster quarter-final and both games on in, in Tipperary, which is really wet to the appetite. Yeah, 100%. Just before we talk about those games, just wanted to get your reaction uh, probably since since last uh, Monday night. Uh, the draws have been made for the FEI Junior Cup quarterfinals. So it's Clamell Celtic, three Tipperary teams in the last eight, remember. So it's Clamell Celtic at home to Cockhill Celtic and uh, St. Michael's are away to Villa FC and Peak Villa are away to Gorey Rangers. So they are some very difficult fixtures in fairness for the th- three Tipperary teams. 
Yeah, look, there was going to be no hiding place in the last eight with the way it was stacked up. Um, I think Thomas Celtic have possibly got the worst draw with Cockhill Celtic, who are many people's favourites. Um, Cockhill Celtic played in the intermediate national final last year against Rockmount, and the Ulster Senior League folded at the end of the year, which meant Cockhill Celtic uh, ended up playing junior football, even though they were a senior side in intermediate. They've got a host of ex-League of Ireland players um, and underage Irish internationals and stuff, so they're a really stacked squad. So I think a lot of people will be really looking forward to getting over to the bypass to see them against Thomas Celtic. Um, they're the current favourites with the bookies for the competition as well, so it'll be really good to get a look um, up close and personal at Cockhill. Um, in relation to St. Michael's then, uh, Villa Waterford, look, that probably is the standout tie of the round. Uh, two former winners of the of the competition in, in the last few seasons. Um, and I suppose it'll be interesting, Villa Waterford are down in Turles on this Sunday, which we'll touch on in a minute, so a chance to get a look at them as well. Um, and then Peak Villa go away to Gorey, which is a kind of a feels a bit of a 50-50 tie. Gorey have an outstanding centre-half over the last number of years, Paul Murphy, but he signed for Bray Wanderers in the League of Ireland two weeks ago. Um, so he's Paul Murphy's a huge loss to them. He was the centre-back for the Wexford Oscar trainer team that are into the national semi-final as well. So they'll be reeling from his loss. Like during the season, to lose a player to League of Ireland is always a really difficult thing, especially your centre-back and captain. So um, that'll be a bit of a blow to Gorey. But look, we Philip had a couple of blows themselves with injuries. So look, these things even out. But again, that, that'll be a, a great tie as well. Yeah, it was so much uh, excitement for those games. I believe they're the first weekend in March, so a couple of weeks' time for, for those games. But so great to see uh, three Tipperary teams into the last eight of that. But our, our attention focuses now for, for next Sunday, and you mentioned the Munster Junior Cup semi final and uh, Munster Junior Cup uh, quarterfinals, both involving Tipperary teams. Two o'clock on Sunday, Peak Villa at home to Villa FC at, at 2 p.m. Then the other game is on at 3 o'clock. This is the semi final in Kerr Park, St. Michael's against Avenue United. So some really high quality fixtures there to look forward to next Sunday. Yeah, look, St. Michael's and Avenue will be interesting. Avenue accounted for Newmarket Celtic, the FBI champions earlier in the year in the FBI Junior Cup. They knocked out the holders. During the summer, one of the big moves in junior football was Pike Rovers captain Stephen McGann going to Avenue. Um, and he scored a lot of goals for them this season. I, I, personally, I feel St. Michael's will be too disciplined for Avenue. One thing about Avenue for me is to give away too many goals. Uh, even the weekend, they had what I would have called the formality of a tie against Toker Celtic from Cork. Um, and they won it 5-3. But for me, that sloppy giving away a lot of goals um, they were one of the kind of teams to watch in the FAI Junior Cup after they ousted the holders Newmarket and they went up to Dublin and were beaten 2-1 by Tala which was a result that surprised an awful lot of people Gorey accounted for Tala 5-0 6-0 sorry in the, in the following round so I think that's Avenue's Achilles heel to concede too many goals and St. Michael's are so good at the 1-0 the 2-0 they're so disciplined they always have a goal in them and give away very little so I expect St. Michael's to emerge victorious in Care Park from that one just by being that little bit too streetwise for Avenue um, in the other game it's going to be an absolute cracker up in the tower field Villa, Watford and Peak Villa seem to play each other every few weeks between the Munster Champions Cup FBI quarterfinals last year they just, it's so many times that these mm. two sides have come up against each other know each other so well the Munster Champions Cup semi final was settled a few weeks ago with a goal in the third minute of injury time from Villa Watford so there's very little between the two sides and I think that'll be an absolute cracker of a tie especially with both sides still going strong in the FBI Junior Cup as well yeah, it's a perfect kind of a build up for that game, but they won't be using it as that whatsoever. This is a, a must win for both teams in the Munster Junior Cup. Barry, before I let you go, I believe uh, we started the show. We were talking about uh, some of the Tipperary uh, Camogie Schools teams, our ladies, and Ursline, who've big uh, All Ireland finals this weekend. I believe uh, do presentation. Uh, Thurles have a big All Ireland soccer final coming up this weekend. 
Yeah, this the game week, has I should to be say. postponed because we're meant to play on Wednesday, but one of our players, Kira Breslin, has been picked for the Irish under-16 spot to go to Spain to play against Switzerland. So the game is postponed. And then two players, Bon Crana, have been picked for the Irish under-19s to follow me to go to Finland. So we're scratching around with DFI at the moment looking for a date. So the game will probably be about 10 days away now. But look, it's an incredible achievement to be in an All-Ireland soccer final for the girls. Um, we haven't won it since 2018. Um, there'll be a massive build-up for it as well. So look, I suppose it's brilliant you know, for the schools locally to have another school contesting an All-Ireland A final um, you know so it's fantastic for the school Yeah 100% so lots to look forward to over the next uh, couple of weeks for all the Tipperary soccer teams involved and of course uh, we wish you the very best luck we'll probably be talking to you before that game anyway Barry but uh, yeah thanks for joining us again on Extra Time Thanks a million Paul That was uh, Barry Ryan there local soccer analyst giving us the rundown as always uh, on all things uh, soccer happening in the Premier County over the course of the weekend and some of the other results there Clamell Celtic B Killinall Rovers nil, Clamell Town 5 Shoreside 1 Clamell Celtic 4 St Nicholas's 2 Tumalboros 5 Galabali United 3 there were some of the results there in the Tipperary Cup second round over the course of the weekend so that's just about all we've got time for for this week's edition of Extra Time I've been Paul Carroll filling in for Ronan Quirk I'm sure Ronan will be back next Monday for another edition where we're looking back on all next weekend's uh, sporting happenings across the Premier County. Thanks for listening. News is next.